One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This September series of podcasts is sponsored by Sweetwater, who, for the month of September, are rolling out incredible exclusives. Like Fender Custom Shop GT11 Strats and Tellies at the Walrus Deep Six Voyager Combo Pedal, plus major deals on coveted gear like the Way Huge Havelina Fuzz at a super low price while supplies last. And that's not all. September is Guitar Month and it's absolutely packed with mind-blowing giveaways, 48-month interest-free financing on many great brands and plenty of price drops, instant rebates and limited-time offers that you won't want to miss out on. Did I mention that Sweetwater is now a Guinness World Record title holder? To find out more, go to sweetwater.com, stop by their YouTube, or listen to the rest of this podcast series. Welcome to the Friday special podcast series, a podcast by Guitar Nerds, hosted by me, Joe Branton, and the resident Guitar Nerds pedal expert, Matt Knight. Hello there. Every week on this podcast series, our lineup will include a guest from the world of effects pedals, and this week we are lucky enough to have Brian Wampler from Wampler Pedals and the Chasing Time podcast here with us on the show. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hello, thanks See, Joe, so you, much for joining us. Yeah, you, you introduced me as the resident pedal nerd, but I, yeah. uh, to be honest, on these ones, it's definitely not going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. You, you, I, I, I mean, I may have worked in stores, and you know, we can kind of. Uh, fluff our way around it but uh we're with a man who actually builds them for a living so i think his knowledge is uh probably somewhat superior to yeah, mine. Well, i wouldn't yeah, give me just... that much credit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's 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 fair in fact you know the friday series is normally supposed to be just me but i ha- i have to have you here because i realize how much i'm gonna be uh completely out of my depth if i don't have uh someone yeah. who knows uh, at least something about I... about weird effects pedals Actually, before we get into the main thing, that actually leads me to just one quick interesting question for Brian. How much time do you actually get to, like, either one, go in a music store, or two, try other people's, like, pedals? Does, does it take up you a large know, portion of your day, or do you find yourself, like, super ingrained in what you're doing most of I the time? Wish, I wish I could do more things like that. that. That's actually one of the things that I really want to do more of this next year is go to music stores and see what's out there 
I mean, I, I do get to play some stuff sometimes, but it's usually if, if it's a pedal that I see someone talking about and I buy it. Um, I don't really get a lot of people just sending me random pedals or anything. And, <laughs> and uh, I think I think Josh Scott holds the record on the most pedals from you know as far as being oh, a pedal builder. Yeah. He seems like he has one of everything. So I do I do try yeah. I get to play some stuff, but not as much as what you think. Um, most of the stuff that I play is things that I'm yeah. either working on or have built or you know. Uh, like I, the, a common question people ask me is what's your favorite Wampler pedal? And I'm, I honestly feel like I'm so burned out on them. <laughs> so I play all the time. I want something else to play sometimes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm just going to delete that question from my list of questions. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, that's, that's always the interesting thing, isn't it? It's, you know, um, the, the boss engineers always say the same thing. It's like, what's your favorite one? Well, the one we just released, yes. you know, it's sort of, you know you're always in it and you're always working on it but we're the same like we very i mean we've as a four piece i very rarely get down to brighton to see the other guys and we don't really get into music stores as as much as we did i mean we've all worked in them um but it's you know sometimes the rest of life takes over and you're just like oh i'm just have to stick with what i've got but yeah it's <laughs> it's difficult because there's so much out there i guess yeah i, I wish i yeah I, I, uh, i'm in an area where there's not a lot of music stores uh sweetwater is probably i mean it's a big store but it's three hours away so it's not really much you know it's not a drive um, you know, yeah, at least, you yeah. know, not without staying all night, pretty much. That's a big old effort. Three hours. I, I think of it as being tough to get a sort of a 25 minute train into Brighton to, to go to <laughs> GAC. So, yeah, that's yeah, three hours is a big old chunk. But yeah, I, I, well, I'm guessing um, leading on from what you say, you know, not trying much stuff. Um, that sort of feeds into what this podcast is going to be about then. Joe. Yeah, yeah, I should, I should I should, do that, shouldn't I? So this podcast series is sponsored by Sweetwater and um, there's, a, there's a very good reason for that. It's September, which means it's guitar month, which actually I had no idea that September was guitar month, um, you know, despite having been doing this for, for six years or whatever. And anyway, this year, Sweetwater <laughs> have taken uh, have taken Guitar Month very seriously indeed. Um, you, you may you've probably listened seen on on YouTube or heard it on uh, on 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 Chasing Tone podcast. They've gone after the Guinness World Record for the largest functional pedal board featuring over it was over three hundred pedals, three hundred nineteen. I think it was three uh, individual. Yeah. stomp boxes yeah 319 so um you know and they 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 got loads of uh uh loads of people involved from the effects pedal world so of course who better to to, to talk to about what a ridiculous uh undertaking uh than brian wampler who um who along with uh josh from jhs pedals um robert keely from keely electronics and um Ryan and then there Dick was Ryan from, Dick from yeah. uh, from Temple Pedal Boards, um, yeah. Um, so you actually got to be there to create this uh, this this ridiculous board and try and make make the the entire thing functional. Yeah, it, which seems ridiculous. Three hundred nineteen pedals is obviously a lot, and there have been other people that have tried this sort of thing. I I did one. I did one. I made it to one hundred and fifty. Um, but I, I didn't go after the, that was good, but I didn't yeah. go, I had loads of duplicates. There were loads of duplicates. I put a video up on YouTube about it. It was good, but it was just white noise. And to be honest, by the time I'd plugged in and powered 150 pedals and been electrocuted more times than I yeah. cared about, I couldn't be bothered to go back round them and 
try and you know manipulate all the controls to make it actually sound usable so i ended up just playing some white noise and then just leaving it at that of course nick <laughs> nick reinhardt and and one orderette have uh have gone after the record as well i can't remember what they made it to i think they did they do like a i think they, they did slightly less than <clears throat> than you when you did one um when you were working at GAK. Yeah. And actually when I lived in Brighton and I went to BIM, the music college, they actually attempted it as well. Like, and this was like 10 years ago. And I think it was like a hundred or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. So I think 319 is somewhere in German, Germany. Was it, um, uh, was it music? Uh, what's the, what's the one that's not Timon music, music store, music store. I think they, they did it. I think they made it to like 200 and something. Although according to the Sweetwater, video the record before this was 140 something i think if the right. official guinness, record, guinness record yeah uh in 2008 and i was part of that one too actually oh but, really mm-hmm. i didn't know that yeah what yep. was uh who who hosted that one a guy named joe king and al john go okay so right uh and yeah, i don't know if you may know al john he's worked for gibson and several others in the music industry but um, but yeah, it was it was not as organized and put together as what Sweetwater. I mean, <laughs> this one feels it, way more official. Sweetwater is um, they have a process for everything in a good way. So like every like everything was dictated. As, we had a theater. We had a very special theater that was all ours. Uh, dedicated lighting. Uh, you know, coffee. It was going to happen from this time to that time for these days. Like everything was scheduled out. We had everything we needed right there. Like here's your pedals, here's your cables, here's your power supplies. You know, like everything was just ready to go. Uh, the first time, it was very much. Uh, I've got three pedals. Well, I've got four. We'll bring your three, and I'll, you know, bring some cables. We might need some extras. It was, <laughs> it was one of those type of deals. So, uh, still both fun. It, it took place at a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so the, you know, the, the later in the evening it got, the funner it got. Um, but it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was just a different experience all the way around. Uh, both both were fun, yeah. but you know, honestly, experience wise, I would say the Sweetwater thing by a mile, just because you know you had Matt Scallon there. Um, you had yeah you yeah know, of course all all the yeah you had Rob, I guess, I guess Robert things Keeley have changed a lot in the pedal world. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I guess, uh, I guess things have changed a lot in the pedal world in the last, well, since 2008, you know, in the last sort of 10, 11 years. Like, there's way more pedals out there now. <laughs> oh, it's a completely different landscape. Yeah, it's entirely different. Yeah. Um, even I was, I was looking at pictures from back then, and it, just the pedals that were on the on the boards. It's a, it's just a totally different market than it was. Uh, yeah, you know, in a cool well, way. I mean, two, 2000, 2008 was well, two thousand eight was like the uh, would have been right at the start of of boutique pedals even becoming kind of a popular thing. Yeah, it must have been like a ninety percent Boss and Electro Harmonics board at, at that sort of time. Pretty much, yeah. There was a lot of Boss, a lot of Electro Harmonics. Um, of course, I was able to get a few of my things on there. There was a lot of visual sound. Hey. TC Electronics had had quite a few things on there um i can't remember who else now off the top of my head but yeah it was you know i mean in the pedal world 10 or 11 years is like a you know it's like a century <laughs> yeah the rest of the world like it's 
it seems like the pedal world changes about changes dramatically about every six months. <laughs> it's like everything changes completely. Um, you know, from <laughs> even to like if we look at like yeah. the Helix stuff. I mean, the the Helix and the Fractals like um, popularity that's pretty new in reality, but to us in the pedal world, that feels like that stuff's been around forever. Yeah, yeah, you, you're you're right in that it feels like a, it's a, it's a really short time since I think people have been taking it seriously, and and especially like if you want to talk about that sort of digital um, side of effects pedals, I think it was something that was welcomed by uh, by kind of by metal or or any sort of heavier music that requires everything to be very clean and isn't so dependent on anything vintage or classic sounding, but it's totally new that now now we're having more more traditional players adopt digital gear because the replication of that old gear is is now at, at the moment we you know it's it's pretty good or at least we we all think it's pretty good i I'm, i still don't know if in 10 years it's going to be that thing that happened with rat gear in the 80s where we look back at it and 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 we're like wow that is i don't know what we were doing but <laughs> it's you but, know it's funny it, and I'm sure when Josh gets on here, he can probably elaborate more. Uh, but the gear industry is very cyclical. So you can you can kind of look back through history and see like trends like that. Like you said, Rack was one era. Um, I, I honestly believe that this is another era. I'm, I'm seeing, I am seeing a lot of people who, not that they're looking at the Helixes and the Fractals and the Kempers and thinking that it sucks, but they are thinking, well, I need I need just a few pedals, and I'm, and then they'll say, well, now I need just a few more pedals. Then next thing you know, now they have another guitar rig, and their Kemper. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I yeah. definitely like I did see it looked like pedals were kind of not as popular as I would like. I would feel comfortable with them being for a little bit, and it does seem like it's kind of swinging back around a little bit. So that's that's uh really that's good. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 is good. Yeah, it definitely felt like uh, I feel like two years ago was the time that that was like the Boss ES8 came out. Um, switches were were in the absolute most popular things, which meant you would have lots of pedals to use with the switches. Switches were more accessible at a price point, meaning that bigger boards were more of an option for more players. And 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 definitely since then, certainly in the music that and and the bands that I deal with. I'm seeing a lot of people move from switches to digital versions of gear, but it'd be it'll be interesting to see if it swings back again over. Um, I yeah, over I mean, the next few years with the data I see, I, I, I'm I'm seeing that sort of thing. I mean, it really feels, to be honest with you, it, it I don't see it. I see it kind of changing in in this way. Uh, we all listen to music, right? Of course we do, or we wouldn't play guitar. You have like Spotify, which you could find any song you want, pretty much. But you see, and you have been seeing um, people, li- you know, buying vinyl, listening to vinyl. Like that's, it feels more, it feels more analog, right? It feels something more, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the mm. right word is, but it just feels like it's a little more real and alive than pulling up Spotify and listening to a song. I mean, yeah, Spotify is super handy when you want to listen to sure. something. But when you, you know want to have a drink or maybe have a little smoke or something like that, whatever you do, and you want to listen to music, you know, if you got a vinyl collection, you're going to pull that up. And to me, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's like a good and a good pedal, whether it's analog or digital, a great pedal. You can turn the knobs on and get a sound 
and it just, it feels organic. You know, it doesn't feel like yeah. you're, you know, turning a knob on your MacBook. It feels like, it just feels real and tangible. And to me, like that, I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. It. That's, it's that difference. I guess it's always that sort of, we, you know, we've all tried loads of pedals and there's always pedals that you try and go, this is, you know, this is great. It sounds great. Uh, it's enjoyable. And I'm sure I'd stick it on a pedal board, but there's always certain pedals that when you plug them in, you just get sucked in like instantly. And then you know that that's like special because like you right. say, it's a totally different experience. It feels so much more hands-on. It feels like you're so much more into what, into what you're doing. Um, Rather well, than you know putting up a plugin and going through monitors, which to me has always felt relatively cold, but I've maybe just not found the right sound that you know works. I guess. That, I mean, I know several big name artists who use you know a Fractal or a Kemper or a Helix, and they, it's always a convenience thing. And, and even me, like I was playing my Plexi last night, just cranked like abs everything on ten, everything dimed. And it's it's a totally total different world experience than it is playing the digital version of that. Yeah, you can get the sound in your DAW. Yeah, you can get the sound out front, but it is it's a world of difference when that amp is in the room and it's cranked and it's moving every you know every hair on your body. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a religious experience <laughs> at that point, <laughs> and it's um. Yeah, you can yeah, get the definitely. sound of it with digital, but you can't replicate the experience. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it's 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 rare to get to hear anything turned up full in any <laughs> in any situation these days. Oh, who is the fellow who used to come into GAC, Matt? Gary Moore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that fella. Yeah, uh, one dude. you know that yeah. guy. No one yeah. really knows him. Um, but yeah, no, it's always the thing. You know, he, his sound was just turning everything up, and you know, he was the only guy that we would never tell to turn down. Cause... Yeah, whenever he came into the guitar shop, uh, he'd want to put everything on full, and we'd practically have to ask all the other customers to leave so that he could. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, just before we maybe go into this this kind of pedal board again, I mean, is that what you just said there is that your way of like approaching a new build when you sit down at like a breadboard for the first time just go I just you know you're onto something when it just feels good to play it's it's always an emotional thing if it, if i not if i don't have an emotional connection and this says this sounds so stupid in regards to electronics because it's math but in reality if i'm not if i don't have any sort of emotional connection as a player with what i'm building i kind of think it's shit I really do. And I'll, I'll just stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, if it's, it, it's, it all boils down to, to playing, um, and, and feeling, just feeling that organic experience with that, whatever circuit I'm working on, which is, which honestly, that's probably why I love overdrives and distortions and fuzzes so much is because that, that does feel so much more tangible than, a chorus and, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I love the modulation stuff when we're coming out with a terraform. I keep saying we're going to, but it literally is going to happen yeah. here in a, a few months, in a month or two. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Like that stuff's great, but man, my, you know, home base for me really is a good dirt, whether it's a cranked amp, whether it's a pedal into an amp, you know, or pedal into a cranked amp, but it's just a clipping circuit of some sort is, is that's what I call home, you know? Yeah, so you've got 15 different drive pedals in your range right now. So, yeah, that's, you yeah. know, I guess that's, <laughs> you definitely feel the love for that more than uh, than anything else. 
<laughs> yeah, if it was, if I had my choice, you know, and I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about what, you know, uh, the retailers wanted to see from us or what customers wanted to see, then I probably would have about, you know, two or 300 different overdrives and distortions. <laughs> and buses. I mean, I mean, seriously, like that's, um, I have folders and folders full of schematics that I've, you know, where I've created a circuit and drawn out the schematic and just thought that's a good sounding, you know, circuit. And put that away for later. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have a, do you have like a, a a single amplifier that you breadboard all your drives through? Is there like a is there an amp that you design that drives around in particular? Uh, three of them. Well, I always start out with um, uh, AC fifteen, uh, Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, or a d- uh, Deluxe Reverb sometimes. But kind of like, for breadboarding purposes, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the Hot Rod Deluxe is not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Forgiving, in a good way. So I think it it'll kind of tell you whether something's cool or not. Um, and then uh, Marshall, right? I think you got to have. To me, like those are like the three types of amps that everything else is a derivative from, from in some way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean. Yeah. That sounds like you're hitting all ba- all all major bases for for your sort of standard vintageish amps. I do have a bunch of other amps that you know I'll as um you know as it's progressing I'll plug in and say okay what's it sound like through this Mesa Boogie Lone Star, you know what's it sound like through this PV Classic Thirty. So, you know, I still want to make sure it's working with all those amps. But, at, you know, when I start out, it's it's basically the three food groups, <laughs> the Marshall, Box, and Fender. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the thing is, if you stray too far, you start, oh, I'm just going to design this pedal through my sort of Dumble Overdrive special. You're sort of really tailoring it. I mean, you have to obviously love the pedal yourself, but at the same time, you've got to think about 90% of your customer base is actually going to go home and plug it into yeah. a Marshall or a Fender or, or a Vox. That's exactly really. what you got to think, yeah. And the thing is, especially if if you're the type of person that is really into like building your own stuff, whether it's pedals or whatever, I think you have a tendency to, you know, 
generally if you build pedals, you also build amps. So I've seen a lot of people have a tendency to use their home-built amp while they're creating something. And while I get it, like that's fun and cool, but nobody else has that amp, <laughs> you know? So yeah. maybe maybe that pedal sounds great through that, you know, that home-built amp, but it might sound like complete ass through, you know, your Hot Rod Deluxe or your Blue Junior. Wait, actually, this this made me think of a question I, when I was on my way back. I mean, have you ever... I mean, obviously, you love everything that you put out. Obviously, you wouldn't put your name on it if you didn't like it. But have you ever tweaked something in a way that you wouldn't necessarily do, but it's for the kind of greater good in some ways? You'd be like, maybe I wouldn't use it like that, but I know that I'm maybe a little bit more sort of specialist in my thinking and I just need to do this to make it more appropriate for the rest of my audience. Yeah, I mean, let me think off the top of my head. Um you know, we came out with a pedal called the Triple Rec several years ago, and I had a circuit that would kind of, it added a boost, but it would allow you to tweak it from kind of a crunchy boost to making it more of a fuzz. I, I did that really because I, I hadn't really seen anything that did that, and I thought it might be fun, kind of cool. It ended up not really resonating with people, I don't think, very well, uh, which is really mm. odd because that when you added that as the fuzz pedal, that kind of became the Leviathan fuzz, which seems to be liked by a lot of guys playing Doom and you know sludgy type stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really, it's a it's a different it's a different kind of yeah, fuzz. That's what you totally, want. it's it's not a big muff. It's not a. It just is what it is. I mean, it's not a derivative of anything else. Um, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of adding something that's ridiculously useless just because you can you know like i remember um i actually thought about one time taking a tube screamer and for every resistor in the signal path making it a potentiometer a knob and that like <laughs> that's that's not very useful to the majority of people but it's fun if you're a dork like me and you just like turning knobs and seeing what happens um so I mean, there's there's those sort of things. But yeah, I, yeah. You I just really, want to be able to tweak every single. Yeah, like I I love that sort of thing. I I, I um, uh, for me it's kind of a struggle to get pedals down to a minimum number of knobs because I I love having the ability to tweak things, but as long as it's functional, you know. So I, I guess that that's a really roundabout and very off-topic way of answering your question of saying. I can't really think of anything that we do where I'm adding something that's not useful. Well, that's good. That's an excellent. Uh, that's an excellent place to be. I'd rather be there than than you know than than having to modify pedals for uh, for the general public. I'm I'm not sure I agree with most things that the general public like. I'd rather make pedals that are just a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess you've got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, the making pedals for a living is radically different than making them for yourself. Um, I remember, I think it's like DIY, not DIY stomp boxes. Maybe it's free stomp boxes.com or org or one of those DIY sites. Uh, I've seen several people talk about, you know, I've been building my pedals. I'm thinking about starting a pedal business. And then a few months later is I can't sell my pedals. And the answer is always the same. Like it's, it's one thing building pedals. It's a whole different thing selling pedals. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're selling pedals, it's a lot like <laughs> writing. It really is a lot like writing music for people to digest. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're the Foo Fighters 
and you you know you have the, this type of music that you like that you like to listen to when you're in your car and you're driving down the road but that's not necessarily the same thing that people want to hear you play when they go watch you live you know i mean the mm. most i mean think of the most famous band you can think of that's been around for some time and more than likely whenever yeah. you see them you want to hear their hits that they were you know their their hits that they did 20 years ago that was great but um, let me think of an example. Okay, so Aerosmith, for example. I bet you, and I haven't asked anyone in Aerosmith, but I'm betting you that whenever they play their classics like Dream On or Walk This Way, they probably could literally fall asleep and still play it. Like it's it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're just like it, they're, they don't get in the car and put that song in, you know, on the radio. <laughs> That's not what they want to listen to, you know, but, um, but that's what everyone else wants to hear when they go see Aerosmith. So it, the pedal game is a lot like that. I mean, if you look at yeah. like the Klon circuit, for example, the tube screamer circuit, the all like those classic circuits, you see a lot of companies that come out with a tube screamer type thing or, um, you know, a fuzz oh, everyone does thing. a tube screamer, yeah. but I mean, it's, a lot of the times, like even the Tumnus, the Tumnus came about, which is based on that Klon circuit. Um, that came about because I was d like getting hammered with people asking us to do that. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I just email after email after email. And I'm like, man, I really like that's I, I would rather do my own thing. Like I would rather make yeah. my own thing. But we exist to serve people. We exist to serve customers who want specific tones and if they want us if they are asking us make this so i can buy it from you then like that's that's kind of my duty that's why i'm here you know if i wasn't yeah, doing sure. that i'd be roofing a house or something somewhere you yeah. know so <laughs> yeah. sweeping a floor but, yeah um so that's like that's your job as a pedal company is to fulfill what people want you to do in regards to guitar pedals yeah yeah I and, and i guess a lot of that has sort of had to come you've had to sort of learn that along the way because obviously you can learn to build a circuit, but to build a, a successful company is obviously, and all of the things, because you've, um, I can't remember when, but it was only a few years ago, the whole kind of range went through a total redesign, right? In terms of the looks and the, and the graphics and everything yeah. mm -hmm. uh, it went from sort of one style to another. And I'm guessing that was a, a decision to kind of, yeah, really boost the company and, in selling pedals rather than just, you know, making pedals. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really like any other business. I mean, unless you're doing something new and unless you're evolving, unless you're putting out something that you didn't have out last year, you're just getting stagnant and getting ready to die. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and as, sure. as much as you, like as much as people don't want to admit it, I mean, that's, that really is the truth of what drives the pedal market is the new stuff coming out that, people want right i mean like for example um like we've I, we've discontinued the triple rec now i love it when people do buy that used on you know on the used market I and mean, that's it, it's awesome that people love it but if i if my entire ability to live and feed my family depended on that i I'd, I'd have to find another job because you know you can't buy it from us yeah and you know you can only buy it on the used market and that's that's great, but in order for me to feed my family, we had to come out with something new that people want. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, so. it's, it's, 
And it's definitely fun. It definitely is something that, that I'm passionate about. But it's something that, like, it's like making a record. you got to be mindful of what people want you to do. So as much as I want to put out that two skimmer that has 45 knobs, it's probably not going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally One day. done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now we, we, we should talk, uh, we should talk a, a little bit more about the, uh, um, about the, the Sweetwater event because we're actually, we're actually, believe it or not, sure. guys, we're, we're coming up for time on the, on, on the, oh. uh, on this podcast already. But, um, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, I do have like, a tendency um, to ramble. Sorry. No, no, no. That's that. That's the making of a good podcast. Is a is a ramble. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about like the 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 pre, the pre planning that went into sure. uh, that went into this because because I, I I assume obviously Sweetwater they you know they hired the uh, you know the venue they made sure you guys all had your your pedals and everything but it was it it was essentially the the four of you that had to that had to build the 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 boards work out how to put everything together decide what order everything ran in if any and of course they were it was made up of whatever it was 32 mini boards um 32 you, yeah how did yeah. you how did you guys sit down and go about yeah 32, 34 something like that yeah how did you guys like go about actually sitting down and working out how you were going to do this because everything seemed very organized Oh, it was extremely organized. Uh, honestly, Sweetwater did a lot of the heavy lifting. I mean, they had uh, all the pedals that we were going to use. They were on a table. All the cables that we were going to need, they were in nice, neat boxes, ready to go, you know, brand new. Uh, same thing with power supplies, the pedal boards. Like, everything was like, all right, guys, here's everything you need. Uh, here's some coffee. Let us know what we can do to help. <laughs> <laughs> so and so we right. you know okay. we sat around okay. for a good majority of the time thinking all right so 300 and some pedals where do we start do we organize them by brand do we organize them by type do we go by color like what you know what how do we do this and we decided all right well let's just like let's take all the comp you know all the tuners put them all together all the overdrives put them all together all the distortion you know so on and so forth and so what you end up having uh, when you, you know, because the, that we call it one big pedal board, but in reality it was like, like you said, 30 some little, you know, temple boards stuck together. So what that meant is that all those individual boards, you know, you're going to get somebody somewhere has a board with nothing but tuners <laughs> because, you know, they're doing, they're doing giveaways for this stuff. They've already, they given are, it yeah, they're giving it all away. I yeah. assumed that each yeah. of the pedal boards was maybe like a, a pedal board on its own like you know it'd have a tuner a drive a delay a reverb that sort of thing but no no no, no. <laughs> some somebody person is gonna yeah. win like 12 tuner pedals yes oh that's so, great yes yeah, so somebody has a board full of compressors somebody has a board <laughs> full of you know full of whammies and waws oh. there's i think there's two wah boards you know oh, hopefully wow. kirk hammock got that one but um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's you yeah, know, the, the, the cool stuff is. I mean, well, I mean, it's all cool, but I I would have really liked to have like one of the delay boards, you know. Yeah, that's so. that's about the only one that would have kind of worked, I guess, on its mm -hmm. own. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I I take all the overdrives and distortions, but um, I I have I have some delays, but there's some really good ones that were on that one that were just so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, how many how many Wampler pedals were actually on the board? Did you get one of everything on there? I think we had one of everything, if I recall right. 
So yeah. for for 319 pedals, you obviously you you had to use other brands outside of outside of the three pedal builders that were there. Was mm-hmm. it just was it just all the standards? Did you just go for all the mainstream standards? Were there any other uh, like boutique brands that made a sort of substantial appearance on the board? Um, well, that, see, Sweetwater picked out the pedals that would be on there, and it had it. it so they were oh, products, really right? Okay. Yeah. So they so it was. Um, it was brands that sell through Sweetwater, right. but um, it, I don't. I'm not for sure like how they decided which you know which pedals from which brand were going to be on there or not. I really honestly don't know. Like I said, they um, when we showed up, there was just a, a table full of boxes of pedals, like literally stacked up. <laughs> so, um, you know, as far as other brands, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, of course you had you know JHS and Earthquaker and TC Electronics and MXR and Boss and uh, you know, the, you know, Keeley stuff, like everybody you would expect to be on there. Um, yeah, I can't, I, again, I, I don't, I can't recall exactly what, like smallest brand that was on there. I'm not sure. One of the, uh, one of the interesting things that you were talking about, um, about this board was how to deal with signal, signal degradation, because it was mm-hmm. something like, it was like two, uh american football pitches worth of cable that you were running through there and there's 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 of course only so much that a buffer can do to um to keep that signal going so did we, what what did it end up what did you work out the maths of of what it was actually running through how much uh signal was actually getting through you know in, i in did terms of percentage I didn't, but Robert Keeley did because <laughs> he's the, did he? <laughs> he's the he's the real engineer of the bunch. All of us are right, just right. you know hacks. <laughs> so yeah, he had he had it down to like how much amperage it was using, what kind of loss it was. <laughs> like it, he had stats on everything. It was awesome. Of course, um, you know, and we of played course. it. We're like, wow, this kind of sounds shitty. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, you would expect that if you're going through all that cabling and who knows how many buffers. I mean, I don't, I really don't even know. But and each buffer, you're going to lose a little bit of signal. And you're going to add a little bit of noise. Multiply that by sixty, you know, and it's it's ridiculous. So it's it's not as bad. Honestly, it's not as bad and as noisy as I thought it was going to be whenever it's turned off. But it's it's definitely not what I'd want to record an album with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, Sweetwater actually, as we mentioned, Sweetwater are giving you the opportunity to win one of the the thirty odd boards uh, that Brian and the guys uh, built for the world record and all you've got to do uh, to win one is go to sweetwater.com forward slash giveaway and uh, and yeah one of those boards could be yours they're doing that by the by the end of september and guys that pretty much brings us up at time on uh, this week's episode of the friday special of guitar nerds um thanks very much for listening and thank you very much brian for for coming on the on the podcast with us this week obviously we've both been running podcasts for years and uh and it's it's really nice to to actually get to podcast with you yes a lot of fun i, I was, I was gonna say it'd be really nice to get you on a full episode to maybe just geek out a little bit more just about wampler and uh and pedal building and uh talk about the early days as i was saying before we started obviously um i oh, guess you... not many people know that you wrote a book right so way back in the kind of Here's early days of people getting in yeah that, that I just looked is going for sixty pounds on Amazon UK. So uh, 
Yeah, it um, you know. it it was really like stupid expensive at one time, and I would tell people, don't buy it for that price. Like, don't do that. <laughs> it's not worth that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we yeah, we'll absolutely get uh get Brian on onto a full episode because I know there's there's so much more we could uh, we could geek out about, and I think we barely scratched the surface. But thanks so much for coming on the on the on the podcast, Brian. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem at all. And listener, you can, of course, check out Wampler Pedals at wamplerpedals.com and the Chasing Tone podcast on all good podcast streaming services. You can join us on uh, social media and on Patreon by searching Guitar Nerds. And we'll be back next Friday with the legend Robert Keeley and next Wednesday with the regular episode and for more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.